Hey, and welcome back to the It'll Be Fine podcast. I'm your host, Erica Bell, the podcast where I remind you and myself that everything is going to be okay. How the heck are you? How's the new year going for you so far? I feel like I just had a very northern accent. Um, not sure where that came from, but you know, just want to check in with you, see how how it's going. The new year, I think, can be stressful, um, chaotic. There's also a lot of pressure. So yeah, just just touch and base. Just just want to see how you're doing. I'm doing pretty well. I if you were watching this, I just needed a little change of scenery. So I'm actually in this is my son's room. But I've just always really liked this space. It has a good feel to it. It's interesting, like both my kids rooms, they just have a good feel to them. I just I, I love that for them. And I love that, you know, for me, you would think that this room would be uh, maybe stressful for me because I had a lot of, you know, just pretty intense memories in here as far as dealing with a colicky baby and just kind of all the things, but it just, I just like it. He's got guitars hanging on the wall. So it kind of, this room used to be like a guest room slash office slash like music room. So we've kept some of the elements like my husband's guitars, but kind of made it his own space. And he's just got a cozy chair and good light that there there's nice natural light throughout our house. That's one of my favorite things, but this room just, just got a good feel to it. You know, I'm pushing my hair back because with all these sweaters, I don't know if you guys, if you have this problem, but whenever I wear a sweater, it's just like my hair gets so knotted. Of course, any kind of turtleneck it does. And it's just making me really glad that I cut like four inches off my hair. You want to know the funny thing? I cut about four inches or so off my hair. I, I did my own haircut. Okay, I've been doing this since since we moved to Tallahassee, um, which was about how many years ago? Like five years ago, okay. So we left where we used to live, and then I didn't have like a hair person here. Plus, I then pretty soon, like after that was COVID, and it's not like you could get a hair appointment. So Anyways, I just got in the habit of cutting my own hair and I haven't really looked back. So it is, it is what it is. I usually do a pretty good job. Um, anyway, so I cut four inches off my hair. Literally not one person said anything to me. Besides my daughter who like saw it at, well, we trimmed her hair too. So she was like a part of the whole process. But, and my husband saw it and he said some, like, I think he kind of was just aware because we were talking about it. But no one else, not one of my clients, not any of my family members. So when you have those moments and you think, oh my gosh, I look like such an idiot or so-and-so is going to think this about me or this is what's going to happen or I'm going to look like a fool or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. It's just a good reminder that no one really cares. Okay. So that can be like, really freeing and also frustrating at the same time. Like no one cares what you're doing. You cut, you, you shave your head bald. They don't care. You trip and fall during a meeting. No, people just don't care. They're so worried about their themselves 
that they're they're not looking at what you're doing. So let let that be a nice freeing thought for you to start the new year. So let's see what else is going on this new year. So as I kind of mentioned last episode, a lot of people's goals, resolutions, all that jazz doesn't really start until the second week of January. So we are approaching that. And I do have some things in mind. I think I am going to stick with my word being intentional. I like that really embodies what kind of I'm looking to do and how to kind of live. I also, we will be, my husband and I are committing to do the 21 days of prayer and fasting with our church. So we are both deciding what we're going to be fasting and praying about and just all of that. I think I am going to be fasting sugar. Now that I'm saying this, I'm like, I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. So then I've got to really, I got to do it. Um, It's just been, if I have too much of it, it just wreaks havoc on my body. And I feel like it's just kind of been, it's just been too much. So I got to, I got to reel it back in. I feel like that would be a good thing. I also am, I guess I'm going to say that this is fasting, but it's just part of the process. I'm going to fast, quote unquote, sleeping in. So I'm going to be really intentional about waking up every morning, doing my devotional first thing, having that time with God, because I see a huge difference when I do this versus sleeping in, letting my daughter be at my alarm clock when she just runs in my room because neither of my kids sleep in. Now I know that may change. It's sometimes it's a blessing. You know, I don't have to drag them out of bed for school, but other times I'm like, I just want to sleep in. I have said this before, but I've got to have my sleep. Mm, I got to have my sleep. I just don't function very well if I don't have it. But when I talk about waking up early, like I'm really, it's not like it's going to be waking up two hours early. It's not that much time extra. And I know that it will be beneficial. Like that 30 minutes, 40 minutes, even an probably not even an hour, but that 30, 40 minutes that I'm going to be waking up ahead of time is going to be worth it with what I'm doing versus just sleeping in. All right. So I'm committing to doing that. I had kind of fallen off from that. I don't know if, I think I said this on another episode, but here we go again. Just fast forward if you've already heard this. So I had fallen out of like my morning routine because I didn't want anything to trigger a migraine and like sleepiness and stuff like that. Sometimes I felt like if my brain was in a fog would kind of trigger something. I got an MRI. Everything is clear. Praise the Lord. I have medicine in case a migraine comes on. And the doctor was really great. He was like, listen, don't try to like preserve this or what's the word. Don't try to like ration this out. You've got enough. I'll write you more. So like, if you feel something, come on, take it, you know, don't try to like hold on to all these for like the worst of worst times. So there's some freedom in that, you know, even though I don't want that to come on because even with the medicine, I, you still have this like lingering headache, kind of hungover headache feeling. So it still sucks, but it is what it is. I miss that morning time. I miss 
having alone time in the morning to start my day. I really do feel it's just one of those things that I feel better when I do it. And I know I do. So why do I fall out of it? I fall out of it because sleep is a son of a bitch and it just grips onto me so tight. But I'm going to do that. Um, the other, you know, it's interesting. Why do we fall out of things that are so important to us that we know make a big difference? So it's the same thing. I did a yoga class, started my new year, and I'm like, gosh, why have I not been doing this? I need to be doing this every week. And I get it. I fall out of it because life, because whatever. But how often do we stop doing things that are so beneficial to us that we know will make us feel better mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever? We just continue to not do them. So that's another thing. I'm going to, I am going to commit to doing yoga more. So, and I do want to give myself some, some grace, as I mentioned last episode, like years ago, I probably would say, okay, I'm going to do yoga once a week. I haven't been doing yoga barely at all. So to say once a week, that may be kind of a high goal. Even if I can get to a class once a month right now would be beneficial. So let me start with that. And then if I rock that for a while, then I'll increase my goal, you know, but then also like I'm setting goals that I can really, that are manageable. And once I am successful in doing that, I'll be proud of myself. I'll be proud to be able to like check that off, you know, and that I'm, that I'm doing that. So I am going to commit to more yoga. Anyways, back to the 21 days of prayer and fasting. So I'm going to fast sugar and, you know, I've done this before. I've done a fast before a couple different times. I've fallen out of that habit because either I was pregnant or breastfeeding and I didn't want to do any kind of fasting while I was doing those things. Um, And then I just haven't picked it back up. So I'm excited to do it this year, although I know it's going to be a challenge, but it's not supposed to be easy. It'll be a good way to refocus on the Lord, just kind of starting the year off right and like doing something healthy as well. So I'm excited, even though I'm a little nervous to to do that again. My husband is going to fast social media and alcohol. I think there was something else. Maybe not. You know, I've thought about doing social media fast before, but with my job and just with everything, I'm like, that is just not realistic. Like I, I, of course I could do it and people would respect it, but I don't really feel called to do that right now. I don't feel like it has like that much of a grip to where I'm like, okay, I need to cut that out. Um, and when it comes to drinking alcohol, I actually haven't drank in a little over two years. I gave up drinking shortly after having my son. And I know a lot of people are thinking about having a dry January. So it's interesting. I read someone post something, and I've heard this before, but basically they're like, If you're thinking about giving something up, if you're thinking about having a dry January, if there's any bit of you that like is feeling like that, then maybe you should give it up in its entirety, right? Like maybe there's kind of an underlying issue, their words, not mine. I'm not saying that. Um, Maybe there's an issue there. 
So I did think that was kind of interesting and there could be some truth to that, right? We overdo it so much and then we need to feel like we need to fast from something or, you know, abstain from something and because it's been a problem. Now, I will let you decide that, but I do want to give you some encouragement that if you are doing dry January, first of all, I, I don't know, are you one of those people that like finds it very difficult to have that, have a dry January? Or do you feel like, oh yeah, I've been like having way too much to drink. I'm just ready to kind of like clear my body of that. That would be a good place to start. I think, I think ultimately... You know, if you have, uh, hopefully you would know if you have some kind of quote unquote, like problems with alcohol. It's interesting. So let me go back. I gave up drinking shortly after I had my son, maybe six months or so, not quite six months, a handful of months after I had him. So I was dealing with just a difficult, difficult baby, definitely probably some postpartum, just the freaking shock and craziness of having two kids and trying to get into a routine. And as I told y'all last episode, I'm still trying to figure that routine out, right? We're still, we're kind of coming out of what I have felt like survival mode lately, you know, we're coming out of that lately or coming out of it now. And it was just a lot. And so I started drinking when I was really young. And I was like 13. That was not uncommon. I was, I pretty, my entire life hung out with older people, whether it was older family members or just older friends. I had, you know, older friends and even my friends who were my age, that was not uncommon to be drinking at that age like this. And it's interesting because I talked to one of my best friends from growing up and she's like, I tell people like some stuff of how we grew up and like the alcohol or the drugs, the things that we were doing at younger ages. And she's like, that was not their norm. So I grew up kind of thinking this is the norm. It was my norm because I saw other people doing it, they were doing it, I was hanging out with those people. But it's interesting that it wasn't other people's norm. And I think about the family that I have, nieces or nephews, my daughter, my son, the ages that they're at, and some of them who are either like close to those ages or are those ages, you know, it's like, holy moly, like I can't, they seem so young in, in so many ways. And it's like, what was I doing experimenting with those types of things? I'll go into another episode about therapy and how much I believe in it and how much when I think about those things from my childhood, how I feel like I wish I would have been protected more from those things and how I will do my damnedest to protect my own kids from that kind of stuff because there were so many issues that came from putting myself in, in those types of situations with drugs, alcohol, that type of thing. So anyway, so I 
started drinking when I was young and I always struggled with alcohol. And now I say struggle and I don't want you to jump to think that I was like an alcoholic by any means. I, I That's not what I'm saying. It's not like I was getting my fix and drinking before going to class or before, you know, like I was straight A student on the honor roll in gifted classes, went to college with two years of college already done because I was in dual enrollment in high school. Like I was get now, don't get me wrong. Obviously there's like functioning alcoholics, but I'm saying this to say I did not have a, I was not like addicted to alcohol. The problems I had were in not understanding how it was affecting my body. I do not handle, my body does not handle alcohol well. And I think I continued to kind of fight against that fact for the entirety of the time I drank. Okay. So I'm 33 now. So I've been drinking for a, a long time. Right. And that was one thing that I could never monitor correctly as much as I tried. And I, even if I had, you know, I would see my friends and they could take shots and they could do things and they could drink all night and be totally fine. I would have a couple drinks, easily get blacked out and just feel like shit the next day. Always. I felt so sick either that night or the next day. Like I truly think my body just kind of rejects alcohol. And maybe that sounds like a no brainer because it's just like a toxin, you know, like, I, I don't know, maybe it is a no brainer. Like, of course your body's not going to feel good with it. And for the most part, like I've grown up and been pretty healthy with the other things I put into my body. So maybe that too is part of it that like, I'm usually so healthy. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, you're putting all this alcohol or maybe it's just, I've heard some people that they're like, my body just does not handle alcohol well. So they point blank, just don't drink. Okay. Well, I didn't want to like admit that for a long time. You know, like when you're growing up, you don't have the confidence that you have maybe when you're older, like now it's no problem for me to not drink. But let me get to that. So, you know, I would try to count drinks and I would do okay with that. And then I would just kind of fall off on that. Or even if I was counting, it was like, it was just always a thing. And I think until... I have now stepped out of not drinking. I've realized how much of a hold it has on my life. Maybe I didn't want to admit that. Maybe I always knew and didn't want to admit it, right? But I knew I had always struggled with it. It had this hold on me. Again, everyone I'm hanging out with was drinking. Growing up, now I don't ever recall, like my parents rarely drank, okay? Also, then after my parents got divorced and got, they got remarried. Like they, I don't remember a lot of alcohol. So it's not like in the homes they were partying. I had friends who had parents that they would go out and party or go to dinners or, you know, I used to think like, my mom needs to be more social and need to do more stuff, you know, but they, she just wasn't like that. And that's good in a lot of ways. But, you know, I had family members who definitely did party and definitely did drink a lot. And so I was around it, right? Even though, you know, I'm growing up in the South in a faith-based home. So you may see other people that like don't drink alcohol at all. Like 
there was that. And I think, I think there was trying to be like a balance of, you know, you don't want to make it so off limits to your children that all they want to do is like have it and then they go crazy and yada, yada. But you also don't want to make it so available that it's like norm to, to do things. So I know that there was probably trying to be a balance in my household, but it never was good for me from uh, all of my mistakes. All of my biggest regrets are from things that have alcohol around them. Now I've had plenty of times where I've had alcohol and had fun moment moments, but I'm just saying there's also that flip side of like those moments that I just deeply, deeply, deeply regret or have deep hurts, deep hurts from again, some of that I'll go into maybe on another episode. <laughs> maybe when we can start talking about therapy. Let's we'll see how how far down the rabbit hole we get. So fast forward to a couple years ago. I all of us, you know, I think I had never I yes, over the years I have had specific prayers to God to like basically help me with this. And I don't even remember some of the prayers, but I know it would be, you know, I don't, I, I, I can't even remember whether it was to like to have a good, decent relationship with alcohol or not black out or not get sick or I don't know, but I never really had a like point blank, Lord, please like, let me not want to drink anymore. I don't think I ever had that probably because it was just so commonplace in my life. And I'm dealing with this postpartum. I'm dealing with these things. I'm realizing that the stress I'm, I'm using drinking, having a glass of wine to try to help me cope with this really, really, really tough situation that I'm in. Right. Fussy baby life with kids, adjusting all of this. So I'm real, I'm seeing that. I'm aware enough that I'm seeing, okay, I want something to like release me from this, to like make me feel like it's okay because there's nothing else right now that is helping. And then slowly but surely, I just have this real realization that, okay, you're already feeling depressed. Adding a depressant, alcohol, more of that into your life is not going to make you happier in the long run because I would have that drink, you know, and then it just, it, you know, it almost is the like a compounding effect of now I feel even worse. So I'm like coming down from alcohol and then still the reality and then it's messing with your hormones. And, and again, like in the postpartum world, like I was not I was having a drink or two here or there. It's not like I was partying by any means, you know? I gave most of that up after having kids, right? So it's not as though I was like really coping by having copious amounts of alcohol, but still that one or two drinks and the fact that I was really kind of trying to consciously use it to help me feel better. There was one day, and I, I I don't have the day written down. I just know that we had a trip 
to Vegas planned for my husband's cousin's 40th birthday. And I had just a couple sips of wine on that trip. So I know that it was sometime, you know, I don't have this exact date of like when the sky opened up, Jesus said to me, you're going to be freed from this. You're going to be, you know, but it just happened. I know all of a sudden I just was no longer interested in drinking and I can say nothing else other than I had tried to do that on my own, kind of like win that own battle by myself for so many years, you know, let me do it. Let me be able to control things. Let me, you know, not get too drunk. Let me not get sick, all of those things. And it had never worked. And then all of a sudden something clicks. Why am I putting this into my body? Duh. Don't be stupid. Why are you putting it? You know, you're already depressed. You need to fix these things. You need to do something that's really going to help with these feelings instead of trying to mask them. And then the, the need and the want for alcohol was gone. I just can't even explain to you how big of a deal that was to me and how clearly to me that was God's help. I, again, I had been drinking since I was young and now all of a sudden I have no interest in it. Zero. Not even, you know, when I first stopped, like I would still have sips of stuff or if someone was like, oh, try this, you know, it's good or what, you know, a couple sips or, but then now it's pretty much it, nothing, nothing. And I don't intend to change that. I have no want to change that. And it's interesting because like, my sister, one of my sister-in-laws, she has kind of like on and off over the years been like uh, sober curious. And even now, like my mom doesn't really drink a lot. And so, you know, I think if you, you can definitely find the people that are going to also be on that, that same wavelength. But also, there's just more and more people out there. Like, I see so many people now, celebrities that are sober. And, you know, it's, it, I think sometimes when you say, oh, I'm sober, people think, oh, you gave up drinking because you had a problem. You were an addict and now you're sober. And that's not necessarily the case. You know, that's why I think like people are, quote unquote, sober curious or, you know, they do things like this dry January. I think if it's becoming, if it is having so much of a hold on your life, then taking a break from it is a positive thing. And you will be fine without it. Your life will be better without it. You know, I think there's sometimes where I still want, this was actually recent. I'm trying to remember what triggered it. Like I wanted something that would just help me cope with something, right? And, you know, like so many people, okay, after a long week of work, just go out for that happy hour. And it's just like, you can just decompress. Like I wanted something like, 
I wish I could smoke a joint and like that because I just wanted something to just help take the edge off. And, but I didn't want it enough to drink. Like, I think that's a slippery slope. And I just really, truly still just don't have that, that craving for it. I did have that time recently where I'm like, okay, can I just take some CBD and make me feel better? But of course, of course, of course, either scheduling a, a session with my therapist or just trying to work through it on my own, going out for a run or going, you know, getting the endorphins going, just getting fresh air, period. Like, I know that will better serve me. And I'm in that place where I can see that so clearly of instead of trying to mask something and cover up why I'm feeling that way, just deal with it, you know, or maybe I just need to put myself to sleep, go to bed, you know? <laughs> so if you are thinking about doing a dry January or cutting back on alcohol in general, I want you to know how much freedom it has bought, brought my life. Truly, truly, truly. And again, like I really don't think, I knew it had a hold on me, but not to the extent either that I, maybe I didn't want to admit it or maybe I really didn't realize it. And But now that I'm kind of on a different side, I am realizing it. So you know, when there's like events, okay, well, how are we going to get there? Who's going to drive? Am I, you know, let's take an Uber or let's do that. You know, like there's just so much more freedom in not drinking for me. And I hope that if you do have a dry January or even just a couple weeks, whatever it is to you, I hope that you find a sense of freedom in that and giving that up. And that and I hope that the sense of freedom is stronger than the the alcohol to you. And again, I'm only speaking about alcohol. I never had problem. I sure have done my fair share of other things, but that was always kind of what I that just, I guess, had the whole, most hold on me and what I did the most often. You know, it's so funny. I recently learned, learned the term, what is it, Cali sober? And I was like, what is that? You know, because I have a friend who her husband is Cali sober. And I'm like, what does that mean? So for you, if you don't know, it's you don't drink alcohol. You've given up alcohol, but you still smoke pot. So if that's for you, you, you do you. Um, I've said this so many times. I wish I liked smoking pot. I like the act of smoking. If smoking cigarettes was still in and still cool and like people are still doing it left and right, I would be, uh, don't judge me, but I would be right there along with them. Same with pot. I love the act of it, the taste of it, but I just don't like being high. Now I do, um, I have used CBD over the years for some of my anxiety and depression. And now I, I use it occasionally. I've kind of, I just kind of don't really use anything anymore, but, um, except for my prayers and the good Lord, I guess, but I would highly, highly, highly recommend if you are interested in CBD to to check that out, go to like a local place. You can talk to someone who's knowledgeable, tell them what you're looking for. 
but again, I only can speak to like the CBD side of stuff, not anything with like THC. That's just never really been my jam. Um, it just, just hasn't. So yeah, I hope that this episode wasn't too much for you. It didn't scare you off or something like that. Hopefully I want it to be encouraging or again, just relatable. That's what I always want this podcast to be encouraging and relatable, I guess, either both or one or the other. And that is just my personal story with alcohol. And I am like, I'm just cannot thank God enough that I'm no longer really, I guess, struggling with it, even though I wouldn't have even said I was struggling with it in the moment. But I'm glad that it no longer has the hold on me that it once did. I'm glad to just not have that in my my life. So I would really highly encourage you if you are thinking about doing a dry January, if there's something kind of tugging on you to do that, that to give it a go, know that it'll be fine. If you need encouragement, always feel free to reach out to me. I want to, you know, be a resource to y'all or just be not even a resource in this case, because it's not like I'm some guru on the subject, but I just want to be an ally in it, a partner to you, just, you know, a comrade and help however I can. Again, I hope the new year is kicking off to a great start for you. Now, I feel like we're really in it. We're really, now it's the new year. Now, you know, holiday time is pretty much quickly over. And we got to get into the real swing of things. And I hope that you're excited. I am very excited for new year. I hope it just brings a really nice, fresh start to you. For you. And one other thing, like if you are starting any kind of resolution, first of all, it's okay for something to be difficult, but I want to encourage you to not try to pick something that, yes, maybe challenging, but isn't something that you just dread, right? So because not only will you probably not stick with that, but then also if you don't stick with it, you're going to feel bad about yourself, right? And it's it's kind of a shitty way to start your new year is to like for feeling bad about yourself. So maybe you start small with something and then you can make your goals bigger, but don't do something that you're like, if you listen to music every day and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to stop listening to music altogether so that I can do X, Y, or Z. Like just don't, don't do something to be miserable. And also along the lines of a health journey, if you are doing something at the beginning of the year, a diet, a fitness plan, something like that, let me just encourage you that I had so much joy walking in my gym this week and just knowing that I don't have to beat my body up because instead of doing that, I am just healthy year round, okay? Now, there is some balance to that, right? Or there are times where it's not balanced. Holidays, you overindulge probably on things. But it just is what it is. It, it goes back to normal. But I would encourage you, and I will, I'm will. i going to be doing an episode on this soon. 
I was already, it was already supposed to be out, but we had technical difficulties two damn times, but an episode all about body neutrality and kind of ex-naying diet culture and all of these things. So I would just encourage you to not totally swing the other way. If you have overindulged, you know, with your eating habits or not being as healthy, don't beat yourself up and swing totally too far the other way. It there's it's so nice to just live a healthy lifestyle rather than constantly be on some kind of diet or you know just making yourself miserable in the gym. Going there with with fun, healthy goals, but not beating yourself up and making yourself feel like crap. I just want to encourage you for that. So that was a little like blah blah, blah maybe, but <laughs> I I just. I just, I had that, I just keep having that thought as I've gone to the gym this week of just, I am so grateful that I'm just not beating myself up for something that I've done. Now I am applauding you if you are starting a new routine to get healthy, to get into the gym. That is not what I'm saying. I'm very much excited for you and applaud you and want to encourage you in that journey. But I just don't want anyone to start the year with any of their goals, just beating themselves up and doing something that will make them miserable, right? Do it for the right reasons. Start small, do it to be healthy, do it to be a better you, but not to make yourself just miserable, right? Life's too short for that. All right. Stay tuned. I will talk to you guys next time. Have a good one.